Welcome into the Go Blue Crew. I'm Tyler Fenwick with Derek Devine. Before we get into all the good stuff today, Derek, there is something we have to address, which is that even we? though there is something I have oh, to okay. address, that even though we recorded a show last week, mm. got all the way through it, hit the start and stop button, all of that, um, my audio went into the abyss. And mm. so it was just you talking to yourself and taking long breaks. And, and, and like answering questions that you don't hear being asked. <laughs> yes. And not so, in complete like answer form either. Just I know. imagine there were a lot of also like little chuckles throughout. Oh yeah, you know? just randomly. Yeah. I play I actually played the audio for a while just to see like, is there anything salvageable here? And <laughs> there was like a uh, Yeah. Mm, yeah. Mm. Yeah. It mm. it probably was not good for the ego to hear yourself out of context. I thought I thought about and talking, taking those like yes and those laughs and like kind of using them ad lib style, and, and kind of chopping it up that way. But you know, still, yeah. I don't know. I thought about hopping on for like a five minute. Hey, this is what happened. But you know, we just that, we just let the, it go. The point is, the point is, we're you know back. We think hopefully things are working right now. I guess I can't guarantee that. We have that. no, I mean, it says recording. And yeah. for me and you, it says 99% uploaded. So, so far, so good, I'd say. If you would have heard me talk, um, you would have you would have heard me actually predict this Red Cruise game pretty well. And I'm not saying you didn't, Derek, but I just remember when we were talking about things we want to see, I said something along the lines of like, uneventful sound football, which is, I think, exactly what we got, 31-7. Rutgers, you know, big play to open the game, basically, and score those first seven points. But from there on out, defensively, offensively, looked pretty good. I, you know, I, I understand if you got some some beef with maybe the offensive, um, we'll say explosiveness or lack thereof, but this was exactly what I was hoping would happen something like a 31-7 game and doesn't that score Derek seem like it's just the quintessential 2023 Michigan football score hey if every score ended up being 30 something to single points I mean what a great season here's Michigan scores 30 to 3 35 7 31-6 31-7 consistency there's a template I and and for me to think that they were going to score 41 points no, uh, just I mean, what was I thinking? What was I thinking? <laughs> it's a good thing that that audio did not get out. You would have uh, also heard us talk about JJ um, McCarthy's three interception game uh, against Bowling Green at night. Yeah, uh, we would have talked a little bit about the the night game atmosphere, um, and I'm fine not revisiting um, that three interception game. And I think you know what you also would have heard us say is that I you know just. Like I think I said I'd be completely disappointed if, and we we had a new segment actually at the end. We'll have to bring it back, but it was like, oh a, yeah, I you'll be about disappointed that. if. And mine was if JJ McCarthy throws a single interception and he played clean football. Uh, Blake Corum played consistent football. If you look at his stats, pretty consistent throughout so far. Um, still not a lot from Donovan Edwards, but yeah, I mean you missed a good show, but we're moving on, and it's Big Ten season officially. So speaking of Donovan Edwards, that was actually one thing I wanted to bring up, which is that I I really, really like the way Michigan is utilizing him 
in the slot, out of the backfield, in the passing game in general. Um, it, the, there's a clear gap as a running back between him and Blake Corum. I think Corum just has a better feel in the backfield, and and he's able to find those holes, and, and he's a more physical back. Not to say Donovan Edwards isn't a good running back, but um, he's got the advantage. He's got a speed advantage. Uh, he's he's just a, a really well-built like guy that you want to get the ball into his hands and and so I understand like there's not been a lot happening with him two catches against Rutgers he also had ran the ball six times for 13 yards but I I just I think I do see like a more concerted effort to get him the ball and maybe there's more that Michigan just hasn't shown us yet but I I think if that's a trend that continues it's going to be a good development for this offense yeah and I think you know overall he's been quiet but he had a uh, just a really nice play to to get uh, JJ McCarthy comfortable. One of the passes to Donovan Edwards. They still that was a well schemed play. Absolutely. Like that, he, it schemed him wide open. Really nice. And and I think we'll see a lot more of that. Still loving Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards on the field at the same time. You know that's going to put any defense, a coordinator, any defense in panic mode. And so you know I I think Donovan Edwards and, and maybe others, you know, hoping for a little bit more production. At this point in the season, you know, Blake Corum's gotten plenty of touchdowns, especially feeding him the rock, um, you know, at the goal line, which you're going to do. You know, he came back this year um, and you're going to get the, you know, a guy like Blake Corum, you know, up to that touchdown record, you know, at least as close as he can. I think about to pass Denard Robinson or tie him at least um, for the for career uh, rushing touchdowns. But yeah, I think either way. Um, Don Edwards won't be quiet forever, and he's likely to have a breakout game. And I think, you know, we talked about the score, and then you look at all the games uh, Michigan's played so far, you, you really haven't needed him to have a breakout game. You know, yes, it's disappointing. Uh, you want to look at the the best duo and then you're the best backfield in college football. Um, maybe the stats aren't showing that right now, but I, I bet it's a nightmare for a team like Nebraska, even at home, to have to prepare for you know, really either of those guys' ability to go off at, at any at any single point. And then especially, like we talked about, I mean, Donovan Edwards is essentially a receiver as much as he's a running back. You know, he's got some of the best hands on the team. Uh, you know, could easily play slot receiver the entire game if he had to. Uh, and so, you know, seeing him in, in a lot of passing downs is going to be a trend that we see throughout the year. And I think he's he's probably due. Uh, and so, yeah, hoping for a big game from Donovan Edwards specifically, even if most of it comes, you know, in the passing game or on a couple of big chunk plays. Yeah, however they get it is great. Defensively, play of the game, Mikey Sanders still with that pick six where uh, I don't know about you or anybody else, but live, I thought he was down. Just the way the play unfolded and maybe it was the other defender who was kind of on top of him for a second. I mean, you and the defenders. Or I guess the the offense, the, I guess. Uh, yeah. So that that reaction too. Um, of course, you see guys carry on plays even when it's clear to literally everybody that it was an incomplete pass or whatever. You just see them do that. That's what they do. So it didn't phase me initially that he was running the ball back. And then it was like he had made a cut or two early that told me he's not just like doing this to do this. He really either wasn't down or at least it was close enough that he doesn't think he was down. 
And then you go back and see the replay and it wasn't even close. Like, yeah, I think his hand was on the ground, not, you know, not close to getting an elbow or a knee down or anything like that runs it back a heck of a play on a fourth and short, not sure what Rutgers uh, was trying to do there. It was a little odd play call, but that's the kind of play defensively that, that takes Michigan to the next level because you know, they're good defensively, but it's like, can you, do those extra things. Like, can you generate a really good pass rush? Can you create turnover, stuff like that? So seeing something like that, yeah, it's a great play, but in the grand scheme of things, it's also just encouraging to see Michigan's defense, uh, you know, create a turnover and, and give the compliment to what's always or already a really good unit. I think, you know, that play in particular is one of the more exciting pick sixes I've seen. Um, and, oh, agreed. And, and honestly, not even just bias. Like it just, you know, again, it how looked, about especially the offensive how, lineman? It looked like he was down. Yeah. Junior Colson's flying over his back, and he's still not down. You know, he like you said, he makes some cuts. He switches to his faster ball carrying hand. Uh, you've that got Rod good. Moore flying behind him, Will Johnson, and then Kenneth Grant just laying blocks and just full <laughs> full speed ahead. I mean, just one of the more exciting plays. I feel like we've what seen. What year in a was while. it when Jordan Lewis? It was a it was against Northwestern. Uh, Northwestern's backed up, throw throw down their sideline, and the way the way Jordan Lewis intercepted the ball, like he kind of took it from the the defender, but his back was to the like the, the TV broadcast. Yep. And so you, you don't see it. Do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? He's Next like right on, know, he's, right on the sideline, like just to stay yeah, in bounds. There that too. was yep. that kind of similar to where. Um, you, you're watching it in real time and it takes you a second to be like, oh shoot, this is real. And I that's, think that's what that reminded me I of. I think what he's doing on defense is just so impressive. He's, you know, very quickly becoming one of my favorite players. And, and I, I love a good pick six, love good cornerback play. You know, Jordan Lewis had that one hander um, in a tight game against Wisconsin yeah. at home too. And Will Johnson 14-7. had <laughs> two awesome ones in the big 10 championship. And it's just so it's so awesome to see good cornerback play and the fact that, you know, and Mike Sanders has had some, I mean, during the pandemic year, I think it was in a blowout game lost to Wisconsin. He had like an incredible catch from probably Dylan McCaffrey. I don't even know who threw the ball, you know, who, whoever yeah. was quarterback in 2020. Um, you know, again, he just, he's made plays on both sides of the ball. I can think of one, two years ago on the road, you know, the same game that, um, Donovan Edwards had a huge breakout receiving game, 170 yards. JJ McCarthy hit him uh, in late, you know, late uh, in that game. You know, after Kate had already done his time, Sanders still caught it something one-handed in the end zone. So, I mean, he's just an athletic player, and and I think the more you see him dominate, you know, the the better you feel about his professional career. And then also, he's made comments about Travis Hunter, and maybe we talked about this last week. And you know, again, I don't the, think so. The audio went a bit. I talked to somebody about it. But uh, did you see his comments two weeks ago? No. Like what Travis Hunter uh-uh. is doing is impressive, and there's a lot of guys, you know, that would love to be able to play that role. Definitely hitting at like, hey, get me back on. Like, I want to <laughs> play defense. I made this commitment to play defense. I'm playing great yeah. defense, but also like, you know, throw me in for a couple of plays because everybody's in awe over Travis Hunter, who's you know injured right now. But you know, doing it both ways, and you know, Mike Mikey Sanders can definitely you know, catch a couple of balls from J.J. McCarthy and score a touchdown. So yeah. we'll see if they let him. But uh, probably earlier in the season than later, 
Uh, so maybe on the road at Nebraska, you see an offensive touchdown from him too. That'd be cool. Uh, elsewhere in college football, Derek, week four was completely loaded. Uh, you had Florida State at Clemson. Florida State won that game. That was kind of exciting. The big one at night, Ohio State, Notre Dame. Did you watch that one? Yeah, uh, wedding night, but we you know, won an early ending weddings. And oh, so got back my at like, God. oh, maybe. Actually, this is what it was. Um, you know, one of those hotels couldn't find the uh, the little TV guide. It was in Grand Rapids, so I've, I've watched TV in Grand Rapids before, but I'm a YouTube TV guy, like Jim Harbaugh, like you, you know, we're yeah, like YouTube me. TV guys, and so I've kind of forgotten <laughs> some of the local channels, uh, especially in oh, an okay. area I don't live, and so I'm flipping through, and I was like, oh, I think it's on NBC, and I tune in, Tyler, and let me tell you this, when okay. I see the halftime score is Ohio State 3, Notre Dame 0, I'm thinking, what kind of lousy game? is this and then obviously it turned out to be just an amazing second half and you know what a game uh, and what a way to lose uh you know it's hard to stop the run or stop any play uh when i apparently multiple times Notre Dame's only playing with 10 guys on defense this year so that's a brady a brady hoke move isn't it Did that didn't that take you back it's uh it's one of those things that you will circle as a Notre Dame fan if the marcus freeman experience doesn't work out and you say, hey, you know, we saw this, you know, when they lose the game in that way. I mean, even the play calling when they got the ball back. Um, and then, you know, highlight for me, definitely. And and I was pretty tired. You know, that was a, a later game, you know, after a wedding, uh, ready to, you know, hit the hay at the hotel. And, oh, my goodness, I'm so glad I didn't turn off the TV at the end of that me one. Me too. Ryan Day me too. just oh, on fire. Throwing and, haymakers at 108-year-old and one of the more embarrassing things i've seen i think and and again i i try to be as unbiased as i can i just this wasn't a good look um all the way around i get being fired up i get going back i go into bat for your team um but just a weird weird time to do it and i don't know if you saw the audio where the sports information director or whatever the you know, the, the media guy for the football team. The SID guy yeah. that, we, that we, he's saying, well, like, we're always trying to calm get. down or take a breath or whatever he says. And I literally think you can hear Ryan Day going, watch this. Yeah. As if he well, was going to sure be really did. proud about what he did. And so, yeah, cringe, man. That that was some of the, the worst secondhand cringe, secondhand embarrassment I've I've ever had. Yeah, Notre Dame's got Duke, by the way, this week. Tough one. Absolutely um, a tough game. A really tough game. Here's my question. I'm not. I'm not gonna question the Notre Dame faithful and and say that they're you know not aware of Duke being good. That's not what this is at all. But it's really weird to think of like Duke being a big game. You're coming off of an absolute heartbreaker against Ohio State. This is a uh, well. Actually, I'm not sure if this is a home game against Duke. I'm not gonna say that, but. Is it a game that like everybody's getting up for? Even though like you really should, Duke's good, but does it does it make sense? Um, it looks like it's at Duke, uh, and it looks like it's also okay. in, in prime time. Yeah, um, seven thirty. This is one of those games. You know, two thoughts. Um, I think going into Ohio State, Notre Dame is probably leaning towards like, hey, you know, they're not as good as the Ohio State as the past. And, and I think you walk out of that game thinking, Hey, you know, we were one player away from making the stop. Uh, but also like Ohio state's a juggernaut, like, you know, we're, you know, still, uh, 
running through the rest of the season, essentially away from having a shot at the college football playoff. But I, again, I, I think both teams looked pretty average overall. I think a three, nothing halftime is the most telling thing about that. And I know it's still early. Uh, I know it's, that's a non-conference game and I know it's a big matchup. Um, and so credit to both of those teams for, you know, keeping that game on the schedule. But I think two things can happen here. I think, you know, Ohio state, uh, can be more confident than they should be. Um, because, you know, I also think Notre Dame could lose to Duke. Like the way Duke beat Clemson was convincingly, uh, and in a yeah. fashion that you're just not used to seeing Clemson get beat in the way that or they're seeing Duke playing win. or seeing Duke win and the way that they're playing right now, how consistent they're playing. That is going to be as ruckus as an environment as Durham, North Carolina can get for a Duke football game, at least. And I'm sure Notre yeah. Dame faithful will travel well to that just as Ohio state faithful did in South Bend. But yeah, I mean, what, what's that win look like uh, if Notre Dame goes on to lose for Ohio state, uh, and you know, can, can Notre Dame bounce back? Uh, because are, did they get, are they out of the top 10 after that one? Um, I think they were nine, right? So they're out of the top 10. Um, I don't, let's, let's yeah, 11 it. barely. Okay. So just out of the top 10 Duke at four and oh, uh, probably feeling a little bit, um, underrated. Um, Hey, yeah. you know, this would be considered an upset in terms of the polls, even though we've beat a Clemson. Uh, and so, yeah, I, that game is circled. I think that's going to be an excellent primetime game and, and one that I'll I'll be tuning into for sure. Okay, I'm going to lump these last two things together because they were both blowouts. Penn State beat Iowa. Uh, that was 31-0. And then out on the West Coast, Oregon beat Colorado 42-6. to And 42-6, to uh, that, that score does not do justice to how wide of a margin. Halftime. Yeah, that was crazy. Um, you feel you got to feel for Iowa. Yeah, it's one of the no. toughest environments in in college football. Is I have more disdain for Iowa this year than I ever have in my life, and I'm sure you could. I get why. it, I get it, but like, man, it's because as fans, we've been there. Like, we know exactly what Iowa fans are going through. You step your team, you know, your team steps out onto the field in in that environment. And I don't know what's going through players and coaches' heads, but in my head, it is already hopeless. You know, like it, there, no team stands a chance in in that environment. So I, you know, I've, I've been well, there, and, and that's that why I felt score an offense, right? Right. I mean, that's that's the dagger right there. The fact that they can't move the ball or, or hey, what do they got average um, now? Does anybody know? No. Well, I mean, there's a tracker out there, or a dozen of them that would tell you, but I'm not super invested in the 25 points a game. Well, I'll it's tell you funny. what, get scoring zero is not helpful to that. It's 25 no. points a game. And that's yeah, hurting the average. That's going to hurt your average. This weekend, Derek, Michigan goes on the road for the first time to the Nebraska Cornhuskers. As we were just discussing, not sure who's going to be playing quarterback for Nebraska because um, I was I was actually kind of excited for for Jeff Sims. I thought I, I really wanted it to work. You know, when you pick out like little programs and players outside of Michigan that you kind of like secondhand root for. I, I wasn't like rooting for Nebraska, but I was rooting for Jeff Sims. Been a tough go of it. Now we're not sure who's starting at quarterback. Uh, but on that 
you know, in that same vein there, which was an awful transition. I'm not sure what I was trying to say. Michigan's going into a, a you know Lincoln like this is not this is not going to Piscataway. This is going to a good college football town city with good fans, and you know you're playing a not great Nebraska team, but they've won two in a row. What's your impression of this one? I think the last time they played in Lincoln, it was a true night game. Uh, this one was a three thirty, so definitely. We've probably well, talked about that game more than any other game. Honestly, probably have. I mean, I guess two thirty there in Nebraska time. Um, so I don't know if it will get super dark or not. I guess we'll we'll have to see. But it is a, it is a tough environment. Um, they've not had the the season uh, they've wanted up until this point. You know, losing that uh, first game at Minnesota. Um, what probably week or maybe a Thursday of week one. They should be three and one. Yeah, that they, was they such really a bad, should. bad that loss. Was, that was a really bad loss. And then they ran into the Colorado hype train, obviously, in week two. And then they've taken care of business, you know, and scored enough points to to win against against Northern Illinois and yeah, Louisiana well, Tech. I was gonna I was gonna give them credit. You I'm, know? I'm not. Uh, yeah, they're they a 500 team, zero and one in the conference, and this is their first big home game. Uh, and you know, let me. I guess let me look at the schedule because. Unless they host Ohio State or Penn State, uh, which they do not, this is clearly the biggest game on their schedule uh, in terms of a home matchup. I'm not sure, Derek. It looks like Purdue's coming to town on October 28th. Well, and before that, Northwestern, <laughs> and then end the season against the offensive juggernaut of Iowa. So, what a game! <laughs> this is a Fox game. It's 330. Um, I think it's going to be, you know, a tough environment. You know, JJ's made comments. He loves going down the road. Um, Nebraska's going to give it their best shot. Michigan's a 17-point favorite. Wouldn't it be surprised if, if the win's less than that? You know, Jim Harbaugh's mentality is do enough to win the game, even if we win by one. Uh, winning by one on the road against Nebraska will feel too similar to two years ago when they had not to a good pull luck. it out late and would not be a good luck for, you know. I saw someone say, how disappointed it. They are in, in Joel Klatt this year for like not being on the Michigan train. You know, the who have you played? And, and that doesn't get, you know, any better uh, for a while. You know, the, the way the, the schedule is shaped up, not only in the non-conference, which everybody knew about, but, you know, just the way that, um, you know, at Nebraska, at Minnesota, versus Indiana, at Michigan State, they're on the road three out of four, but none of these teams are looking very good this year. And so it'll be interesting. Um, I think that Michigan comes out with a win. Um, and I'm with you. I, th- I thought Jeff Sims was going to be a great addition to uh, Matt Rule and what Nebraska was doing. He has not figured it out yet. Um, I'm sure they try both quarterbacks against Michigan's defense. Um, you know, a uh, mobile quarterback can be dangerous, but the way that Michigan played against Rutgers outside of one play, you know, kind of showed that a guy who can scramble uh, can be contained. And so. I don't think it's super close, but would not be surprised to see Nebraska's best effort and maybe a couple of big plays uh, similar to the way the Rutgers-Michigan game started. Yeah, to be clear, it's not that I thought Jeff Sims was going to come in and be like a really good quarterback and take Nebraska to new heights. I was just like really rooting for him. I think part of Nebraska's big problem on offense is the identity isn't clear. Like you'll see him line up in the I formation, then they're throwing in some option and like, Nebraska was trying to run something that it didn't it didn't look like Jeff Sims was totally fit for 
and it could be exciting at times. There was that uh, throwback touchdown against Minnesota that was really cool. But even at that point, it almost felt like, okay, well, that's where this uh, success is going to have to come from. It's going to have to be a little bit of luck and magic. And here they are at two and two. Um, and, but that can be a difficult team to prepare for too. And you're, you know, they've got like sort of a, what you might call an identity crisis, but if they're leaning into something that's working and especially, you know, if they're running the option up and down the field and if you can't stop that, they're, they're not going to go away from it. So there is some pressure there to get dialed into a type of attack that you definitely don't see from many teams, especially in the big 10, but we've seen enough from Michigan's defense at this point that even if they're not, you know, clamped down three and out, um, they're, they're an advantageous defense. They're going to create problems. I, I can't see Nebraska having too much success offensively, but here and there, I think it just makes sense that they're going to find something because I, it just seems like the type of thing where it's difficult to be really good for a whole football game against that, even if Nebraska's offense like ultimately isn't good. I just wonder, like, can you be successful 100% of the time defending that? Yeah, I, I think Nebraska is definitely going to move in a better direction than, than what they had with Scott Frost. Um, but then you Hard know, not to. Sometimes you look at what the changes are in this leaked graphic that Clemson's about to announce a move to the Big Ten on October 10th. I don't know if you saw that. Who knows? The I did. I thought it was fake. Yeah. Who knows the legitimacy of that? <laughs> I thought it was uh, fake. I think, you know, I don't know that it's been proven to be anything but fake, but you know, the fact while that, you're talking, I'm, I'm digging into this. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. It just, yeah, they're not there yet. And, and again, I think, um, lucky for Michigan this year, the, the way the schedule is shaping out. Um, yeah. I mean, you, you have your biggest stretch of road games, three out of four. Um, you've spent a lot of time at home, you know, four in a row. Um, and I think that this is your first tough stretch where you have to spend time on the row. But, you know, at the same time, you know how Nebraska is doing and how they feel about Michigan when you see tickets as low as $24. So, yeah, we'll see what crowd yeah. shows up. Um, but I think Michigan's going to be able to handle uh, the next few games on their schedule. And and do I have them covering? Not sure. Michigan's no. terrible oh. against the spread. But I would honestly be disappointed in, in a good segue uh, for our new segment that appeared last week and didn't actually ever you know, go out into the internet. But for me, Tyler, I'll be disappointed if Michigan does not cover uh, in this game You know, with the spread being 17. Okay, I was just going to ask. I, I, I was having a hard time finding my tab with the, the spread and the over-under. So 17 is the line, over under 39. Um, very low scoring affair is what looks like the odds makers are anticipating here, which I don't know. Do you think that's – do you think that's still right and Michigan still covers, or are, are you are you seeing some kind of like 35-point up to 40 performance? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm probably going to go right into the 30s. Um why not? That's what every game is. It just is feels weird to do anything but that at this point, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I think we'll go for me. You know, I'll just get right into my score prediction, I guess. Um, I'm yeah, going to go 38 Michigan. And so, you know, 
scoring a little bit more than what the last two, I think, or actually no, that'd thirty-eight be, would be, be a the season highest high. of the. Oh man, that makes me feel a little bit. I, I I'd back away from that personally, but I'm going. You don't have to. I, I mean, you know, I'm going. I'm going thirty-eight, and I'm going ten. Okay, <laughs> so thirty-eight to ten would be plus twenty-eight. That means the cover. That means I won't be disappointed. Uh, but and it, and it means Michigan, you know, wins again con, uh, convincingly. Uh, we started the show saying, "Hey, anything in the thirties, anything in single digits would be great." Uh, but I'm going to give Nebraska ten. So I've got thirty-eight to ten. What I need from you, though, is what you're disappointed. What would you be disappointed if and score prediction, obviously? Okay, I'll be disappointed if Michigan looks sloppy in their first road game, and I'm including. Not just you know turnovers like that's the obvious thing, uh, no no dead ball penalties you know no stupid false starts that turn a, a third and three into a third and eight you know stuff like that. Um, I think that's really important in in your first time. I mean, traveling. what do you what do you consider sloppy? Is it multiple possessions or, or really like say the first possession just kind of like the first game just dies because you know, a penalty or, you know, I mean, what, what does it take on the road, even in a win to play sloppy in your opinion? So I, I would think, um, some of the, some of the stuff we saw against East Carolina in the first game, that to me is more along the lines of the sloppy I'm talking about rather than the three pick performance against Bowling Green. I agree. I, that's more of an anomaly. It just, it's like, Whoa, okay, well that happened. Um, but you know, the, the penalties and the, uh, issues running the ball, like that's the kind of sloppy I I'm more worried about because that's the stuff that is more likely to show up than just a really quirky multi turnover game. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I'd say any drive killing decision or penalty more than twice, uh, definitely a definition of sloppy, which, you know, you don't have a very long leash there. Uh, no. You don't want to see, you know, especially with with the way teams are going to try to beat some of these better teams, limit the possessions, keep the opposing offense from being on the field. There's going to be games down the road, and, and maybe this is one of them this weekend, where you really can't um, afford to, you know, not score on too many possessions because they're limited this year. And there's definitely easier ways, especially if you can keep, you know, the clock moving via three, four first downs on the drive, even if they only end up with three points, you can really um, keep an opposing team from, from scoring as much as they're used to. So yeah, that's a good disappointed if. You ready for my score prediction? Oh, I, you know what? I am so ready. 28-13. Oh no. Yeah. I don't What's know if I have that? the, um, let me tell you this. I, I think Saturday is going to be a fun day. Um, first game on Fox, right? Um, like actually Fox, I'm not Fox affiliated. Um, so the graphic will look the same as BTN, but 2813 to me seems more stressful than I want to spend my Saturday this weekend, at least right. You know, right into fall, Uh, the weather feels like fall. I mean, 28 to 13, talk me through it. Like, is it a game throughout and Michigan pulls away late or, or just one of those did enough and you know, they, they got away with it more like did enough. I don't think it's a game that feels like 28, 13. I think it's one of those things where, um, you know, just sort of, you end up there. I don't know. Like I, I don't think it's going to be as stressful as you 
think 28-13 is going to be. I just that's that's what I'm seeing. I mean, look, Michigan is not scoring a lot of points, so I'm not going to predict them to score a bunch of points in their first road game against a decent Nebraska defense. I'm just reading it. I think 28 points looks good. Um, I, I might be reaching with 13, maybe 10 is the play like you did, but I, I don't think it's like a, you know, a four score blowout or anything like that. Hey, you know, here's the good thing about these predictions. It's still a win for either of us. If you know, if it's more of a game like you tip of the cap to you, if it's more of a game like I predicted, then, you know, we, we have a little bit more of a stress-free Saturday. Let me, let me end today's show with a story. So please, we got a little bit of a later start Saturday to, to the West side of the state of Michigan. And I said, you know what? Let me start this drive. And my wife, you know, shout out to her best in the biz always offers to drive and she hates driving, always offers to drive. There's the Michigan game on. And it was fine for me to, you know, watch the, the Michigan records game via my phone. And so, you know, we got into some traffic and, and there wasn't really a way, you know, near Detroit as we were leaving to switch very easily. And so the game started and I said, you know what, we'll wait till it's a convenient stop. And she was watching on the phone. Volume was up. I was kind of looking over in traffic, you know, it's basically stop and go. So I felt safe doing so. And she was doing the best she could to play by play for me, which is just, you know, precious. I've I tell you there. what, though, the anxiety she was feeling when the first thing that <laughs> happens is Rutgers goes up 7-0. Yeah. She, I mean, she literally said, I don't care if it's not convenient. I need you to pull over and switch me now. I can't handle this. I'm having heart palpitations. Oh, my God. Obviously not as extreme as I made it sound. A little bit more oh. dramatic and exaggerated. Okay. I mean, she did say that, but in like a laughing way. Like, I can't do this. Like, <laughs> I'm too stressed to be the play-by-play gal. Okay. You know, lo and behold, we changed. Uh, Michigan ended up running up the score. Um, and basically, by the time we were ready to go to the wedding, I was able to turn it off at the hotel and, and get our way going. But shout out to her. Um, and I agree. As a driver, like, hey, you know what? Go ahead and hold the phone. I'm sure they'll take care of business. When they go down seven nothing, I was like, "Oh boy, this is going to be a drink." Yeah, no, I've I've been there. I love it. I love that for you. That's really great that you've you've found a life partner who not only is, is really willing, stressed in Michigan plays is what I found, <laughs> but who understands the importance of that kind of thing for you. I think that's wonderful. Um, how about are are you watching the game at home this yeah, week? Yeah, I'll be home. I'll be home this weekend. Come here to my home. You know, probably. Turn on the bigger TV in the basement, have some buffalo chicken dip, and hopefully watch more than 28-13. I mean, hopefully, sure, yeah. But uh, we'll get back next week and, and break it down. And I I would love to get another you know sort of sweetheart story, even if it's uh, from the vault, if you got to pull it out from a couple of years ago. Right. Can you think of another one for, for next week? I'll get the uh, get the brain churning here, and I'll, I'll give you something. Okay. No, I think that's really sweet. Uh, until then, though, take care out there and go blue.